0: Welcome back to yet another episode of The Real Couple. Um, This is a podcast where uh, we talk about movies and TV shows and other such things. Or someday we might talk about other such things. But so far we've only ever talked about movies and TV shows. Um, But yeah, uh, we are The Real Couple. I am Dallas.
1: And I'm Paige.
0: And we're The Real Couple. Um, And uh, continuing on... With our real couple, real spooky Octoberthon, uh, we have just uh, gotten around to watching. Well, uh, for me it was a rewatch. For Paige, it was her first time. But uh, what did we watch?
1: We watched Young Frankenstein. We watched
0: Young Frankenstein, a classic Mel Brooks Gene Wilder film. Um, this is one that uh, I saw. Oof, oh, probably early teen years i think um and
1: after your dad made you do much homework before watching it
0: yeah uh from from what i remember my dad bought the dvd and wouldn't let me watch it until i had seen at least the original frankenstein and bride of frankenstein and if memory serves correctly i'm nearly positive i also had to watch son of frankenstein Um, from what I'm seeing in trivia, there are a few references to other Frankenstein projects, but I was never required to watch Ghost of Frankenstein or Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman or any of that stuff.
1: Also, Larry, if you're listening right now, just plug your ears for a second, because, uh, I didn't watch any of those before we watched Young Frankenstein. I did not
0: require that of her, um, um, because, it is the kind of movie that... I think is very, very funny on its own.
1: I didn't feel lost during it.
0: Yeah, it's it's not quite that you'll feel lost. It's more just um, the jokes may be funnier when you know what they were originally referencing. Uh, okay. Um, but not that the knowledge of the original films is the only way you'll be able to follow the story. No. Um, almost like uh, if you're going to watch Toy Story 2, you should have already seen... Empire Strikes Back, so that when Zerg tells Buzz, I am your father, you know that that's referencing Star Wars. Um, kind of that sort of thing. Whereas, like, if if you haven't seen that and he's like, no, I am your father, then you'd be like, whoa, Zerg is Buzz's dad? That's insane. This is a movie that I've always loved. And what you think it? I
1: love it. Yeah. It was so funny.
0: Very, very funny. Um, what... Did you have any, like, expectations going in? Um,
1: I didn't really. You know. um, I knew Gene Wilder only from Willy Wonka. I think yeah, that was I... the only other thing I had seen him in.
0: I'm not sure I've seen him in... Oh, I've seen Blazing Saddles.
1: I haven't seen that. No. But, like, I loved him in Willy Wonka. You know, he's yeah. he's freaking Willy Wonka, and mm-hmm. he does such a good job. He really does. Um, And you had told me about a scene... Yeah, um, I, I you told had told you. me about the Abbey Normal scene. Yeah. Um, and so I think had you not told me about that scene, I wouldn't have gone in expecting it to be funny. Okay. Uh, but because you had told me about that scene, I I went in expecting it to be funny, I feel like and that, I was not disappointed at all.
0: Yeah, I feel like that uh, the Abbey Normal scene is one uh, very good example of like. Once you know about that, you kind of know the general um, vibe of the humor Mm -hmm. with that. So, um,
1: yeah. One thing I did not expect was how many actors and actresses came from What's Up, Doc. Yeah. Or maybe this was filmed first and What's Up, Doc stole half of the actors. I don't remember which one yeah, was which. Yeah, not entirely
0: sure. But, uh, yeah, you've got... I'm going to look. Um,
1: so, this came out in 1974. Yeah. And What's Up, Doc? Came out in 1972.
0: Wow. So, very close together.
1: So, technically, Young Frankenstein did steal from What's Up, Doc.
0: Yeah. Um...
1: Which I love because if you listen to our questions episode, What's Up Doc is my all-time favorite movie.
0: Yeah. What's Up Doc is one of those criminally underrated, well, not even underrated, just uh, overlooked. Not a lot of people know about the movie What's Up Doc. And if you are listening to this and you're like, I've never heard of that movie before, find it.
1: Go watch it. Watch it. Come over to our house and watch it with us. Yeah,
0: it's fantastic. Um but, uh, yeah, so in this, uh, you got Madeline Kahn, who plays Elizabeth, um, Dr. Friedrich Frankenstein's, uh, like, fiance. She plays a major role in What's Up, Doc? Um, Eunice. It's a person
1: know. named Eunice.
0: Uh, Kenneth Mars, who plays uh, Inspector Kemp, has a small role where he plays uh, a man named Hugh in What's Up, Doc? And then uh, we have Liam Dunn, who plays the... Uh, old man in, uh, the doctor's class who he, uh, like, knees in the balls and then he, like, uh, puts a inhibitor thing on him and, and then just beats the shit out of the guy. Um,
1: and he plays the judge in What's Up Dog. Yeah.
0: Um, and, yeah, so I... I those are, are three that I know of. I don't think there was any other overlay, um, that I'm aware of, but possibly um but yeah uh great cast in this um gene
1: wilder is so fun to Mm -hmm. watch and we were talking after we watched it about how he just has this way of like yelling while acting Mm -hmm. that i don't know that anybody could replicate the way gene wilder does that
0: yeah i feel like there are probably some other comedic people who yell for comedic effect but if they do they yell in their way and gene wilder yells in his way and it's it's so great um but uh yeah i've always loved this movie it's so great it it so relentlessly recreates the vibe of the the old frankenstein films um there were one thing i'm pretty good at placing actors and actresses and things like that i don't know if i have he's olympic
1: level at that he's not just pretty good i'm I'm pretty good that's why we can't Um, watch sitcoms together because he will place every single extra in the background
0: we do watch sitcoms together and that's what makes it fun for me um but uh the last time i saw this movie either i wasn't as good at it or I wasn't as aware of other movies and things. And so there were several people that I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, the old man. I was like, that's the judge from from What's Up, Doc. And uh, and then before he even came on screen, I was like, wait a minute. The inspector with the wooden arm. Isn't that guy Hugh from, from What's Up, Doc? And then he shows up on screen. I was like, that's absolutely... Hugh from What's Up Doc, um, but a uh, couple others that that really surprised me, uh, which I don't know if I'd seen any other Gene Hackman films at this time. But he's the one that plays the blind man. Um, I know I hadn't seen. I only saw the uh, first two Superman movies uh, within this past year. Um, uh, this is going to get me hated by our listeners, but. I hate them both. Yo, I do not. I do not get the hype behind the original Superman films. Uh, but Gene Hackman plays Lex Luthor in those. Um, but yeah, rewatching this, the blind man comes on screen. I was like, oh my gosh, that is Gene Hackman. Holy shit.
1: He got the role because he was tennis partners with Gene Wilder.
0: Yeah, uh, tennis partners and just found out they were making this movie and offered to do it for free. Um, he's
1: like yeah i want to try comedy why not
0: yeah uh it was four days of shooting for about four minutes of running time he just wanted to try out comedy i guess um one of
1: the comedic aspects of this that i loved was igor or igor however Mm -hmm. he chooses to pronounce it in each scene um he was the one that came up with moving the hump from side to side on his back. And he did that for days without people noticing. And then once they finally started picking up on it, is when they put it in the script.
0: Yeah, um, that's great. I just came across um, a trivia fact much further down, but apparently there was a deleted scene when, uh, right before they do the putting on the Ritz uh, mm-hmm. scene. And he comes walking on stage, standing upright, no hump, and he's in a tuxedo. And uh, Dr. Frankenstein says, what happened to your hump? And he just responds, never with tails. Like, never (laughs) when you're in a tuxedo. Like, yeah, so the, um, not quite breaking the fourth wall, but the um, Mm self-awareness of his hump is so funny in these movies
1: um uh, Cloris leachman also improvised her uh offer of warm milk and ovaltine yeah which was one of the funniest lines she had in that movie
0: yeah and that's um there's so many things in this movie that like there are certain things like the abby normal stuff i've always found that funny there's other things that I don't know if I just forgot them or if it wasn't funny to me last time I watched this, but yeah, there were so many things that I, I remembered well in this movie, as well as things that I could not remember for the life of me. Um, and yeah, it was it was really really it's always really fun to to rewatch this movie and to revisit it. Um, but yeah, Cloris Leachman's great. Um,
1: And then just like other little things like uh, the dart hitting a cat. Yeah. That was improvised because Gene Wilder just threw one of the darts off screen and then Mel Brooks yelled like a cat.
0: Yeah, just made a cat sound. Uh, Which that's, for me, I feel like that's the sort of thing where um, there are plenty of moments in, in different things where you can improv and... The actors are expecting funny things to happen, so like it's it's their job to keep a straight face. I feel like the the cat screech is so out of left field that would have caught me off guard and I would have broke. But, oh yeah, yeah. So impressed with them not to. Uh, one thing that was improvised that everyone did break apparently. Um, uh, Gene Hackman as the the blind man after. The monster goes running off because he's lit his thumb on fire and all that stuff. He goes running off and the blind man says, "Uh, where are you going? I was going to make espresso. And the line, I was going to make espresso, was ad-libbed. And the scene immediately fades to black because the crew erupted into fits of laughter. Hackman was unable to repeat the line without laughing with the rest of the crew. So the first take was used. Hackman was uncredited when the movie was originally released in theaters.
1: It's insane reading about how much of this was improvised. Yeah. Because that just shows how skilled these actors and actresses were. Mm -hmm. To, first of all, be able to just come up with it on the spot. And also to be able to stay in character and carry it through.
0: Yeah. And there are... I This movie has some great bloopers. Oh, yeah. Like, as soon as we finished, I looked up the bloopers on YouTube because I could remember certain ones just being great. Um So yeah, that is one marvel about this movie. Um, Another thing that's so crazy is um, it's one of those movies that's just old enough that there are, I don't know if discrepancies, but uh, things where people who absolutely deserve credit in the credits didn't receive credit in the credits. Um, And it's a movie referencing... Movies that are far older that have even more egregious um, people who, who gave tremendous contributions to the original movies that never got um, acknowledged correctly. Uh, one of the first trivia facts I came across, which blows my mind, this is amazing, um, when Mel Brooks was preparing for this film, he discovered that Ken Strickfaden... Who'd made the elaborate electrical machinery for the lab sequences yeah. in the Universal Frankenstein film was still alive and living in the Los Angeles area. And uh when Brooks visited him, he found out he had stored all the equipment in his garage. Brooks made a deal to rent the equipment and gave Strickfaden the screen credit he didn't receive for the original film. Like one of the most iconic movie moments of all time is the it's alive yeah. it's alive you're telling me everything in the background was created by one guy and he never got credit for it holy shit if i was that guy i'd be pissed right you spent all that time making that stuff and he's like hey can you maybe type in my name and put it in your movie somewhere and they're like nah screw you and then that decades sucks. later yeah yeah and then mel
1: brooks comes and
0: yeah in at this point in time it's like hey what did you do oh um so i drove the golf carts that uh i would drive george clooney from his trailer to set and i would just drive him that like you know minute and a half's uh golf cart ride and i did that twice a day for three weeks Oh, okay, so your, your name isn't in the credits. It better be in the credits. Oh, it's definitely me? in
1: the credits, yeah.
0: Did someone tell you they're not putting my name in the credits? I'm going to sue. Like Everyone's name is in credits for movies these days. And so because of that, when you come across a movie that doesn't have ludicrously long credits, it's, like, impressive. Like, wow, this, this really was a, a, a small little intimate passion project for people. Um, cause yeah, you just have to name every single person who put any thumbprint on the thing. So yeah, to find out that, uh, a set designer for the most iconic movie easily from Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. But I would say arguably the single most iconic early horror scene ever. Oh yeah. And the guy who literally did the set design like built not just went and acquired the different things that would fill the scene he built that shit He never got mentioned in the credits that is ludicrous
1: yeah um so the studio tried tricking mel brooks into filming this in color because they didn't the studio did not want this in black and white um so basically they're like okay well we'll film it We'll make it black and white, but we're going to film it on color stock um, so that we can show it in Peru because they just got color. Um, And he said, nope, you're going to screw me over uh, because you're going to tell me this. And in order to save your company, you're just going to print everything in color. And he's like, no, 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 this has to be in black and white. And so that was a big fight between Mel Brooks and the studio. So I find it very interesting that he actually won that battle and got it produced in black and white.
0: Yeah. Um, Especially, you know, this is is Mel Brooks we're talking about. This is like a a big name. Um, I'm currently trying to look up um, like what the other movies. um, Okay, so he didn't do Spaceballs until a long time after this, which that makes sense because it's all referencing Mm -hmm. star wars and star wars wasn't out yet yeah this is this is mel brooks he's already made big movies like uh he's already done blazing saddles um okay so that was blazing saddles is the only big movie that i've heard of that uh, mel brooks had made at that point so yeah i i can kind of see maybe a studio being like you know you're not um a big enough name that people will just flock to the cinema just to see a mel brooks movie um but yeah, I, I feel like filming it in black and white really uh, helps the vibe of referencing mm-hmm. a Frankenstein movie. Um, if if this had been in color, which it's always funny whenever I see posters and stuff that are in color.
1: Yeah, it's a little trippy.
0: Yeah. Um, you, you watch this whole black and white movie. It uh, You get to the end, you know, the end, yada, yada, yada. And then it goes back to... The menu and the menu has the color the poster right there in color and and it's like wow that's weird i have been staring at those characters for the last hour and a half they were not in color so yeah um
1: going back to talking about the actors and how good they were at improvising and all that um i did read that most scenes had to be filmed up to 15 times Because Gene Wilder would break and ruin the scenes every time. And he had the hardest time staying in character. So I can only imagine if they would release all of those bloopers, like the blooper reel would be six times as long as the movie.
0: Yeah. um, And I'm a big fan of blooper reels. I feel like comedies have far better blooper reels than most other movies. Like I... Mm-hmm. I almost always hate Marvel blooper reels. They're not like,
1: even funny.
0: Yeah, they're not funny. It's just like and then between takes someone like looked at the camera and stuck their tongue out and went cross-eyed. It's like that's not stop. Stop right now. But like with comedies you have those like someone cracks and then they try to do it like two or three more times and they just cannot. The one Marvel blooper reel that I really really love, Spider-Man Far From Home when uh tom holland and jake gyllenhaal go to shake hands one of them broke once and they then tried to shake hands like another 20 times and they would break every time and it was just because like they had it in their heads (laughs) that like okay you've already messed up several times do it again and just the nerves and stuff i yeah i do love that but with a movie like this where it's constantly everyone on set is trying to be hilarious. Everyone on set is trying to ad-lib something new and unexpected and stuff. That stuff's great.
1: So I guess in addition to them having to remember all of that, uh, the candles that they were holding while they were exploring the castle, uh, those were made of aluminum pipe with a 100-watt projection bulb concealed inside of it. Um, And then a wire ran up each actor's sleeve and down the pant leg. Oh my god! So in addition to remembering all of their lines, they also had to remember to keep the wires and the bulb out of view.
0: Wow. That's another thing that's insane with how, like, by today's technology, like, technology in general has gotten better and better over the years. One piece of technology that I feel like we we seldom acknowledge just how many leaps forward we've made is just lights. Right? Like, the brightest flashlight you can buy on Amazon right now is insanely bright. And with like LEDs and stuff, you have so much control over, um, like it's so small, but it's so bright. You can change colors. It never overheats. All of that stuff is so crazy to me, um, but yeah, if if you were to try that same effect now, it'd be battery powered, rechargeable. It would you could turn it on and it would last forty eight hours on a single charge, like so crazy. But back then, you had to have a wire going down your sleeve. That's can't right. can't even fathom that.
1: Apparently, uh, there were rumors for a really long time after the movie came out, that the scene where uh, Gene Wilder accidentally stabs himself with a scalpel mm. wasn't in the script. And that was rumored for years, that he, really? actually, that he actually
0: did that. It? Wow.
1: Um, it has since been proven false, but yeah. could you imagine if an actor was so like into the scene that he just stabs his thigh with a scalpel? And like... in That mo- scene is hilarious, yeah, by and the way. Once you've
0: seen it, it's clearly... Like...
1: I think that's the scene that hooked me on the movie.
0: Yeah? Uh-huh. Okay. Um, There's no way an actor would, like, hold a scalpel the way he does. Like, if he didn't shove it into his leg, I would have been like, why'd he pick it up? Like, it's kind of one of those, like, as soon as he picks up the scalpel, in the way that he picks it up, like, facing downwards, he's loaded Chekhov's gun. Right. So, unless that gun goes off, unless he shoves that into his leg what are we doing? So, um, yeah, I feel like even back then I wouldn't have believed that. Um, but yeah. And that was another moment that I remembered kind of that happening. And, you know, I I would have expected that to be funny, but this time rewatching it, he shoves it in, let's go and glances down. And the look on his face is so like, he underplays it.
1: And then just like crossing his leg and being like, class dismissed.
0: Oh, and that, in all honesty, and I, I hate to have to admit this, I find a lot of Mel Brooks' movies not that funny. I find a lot of his jokes and punchlines to be very much oversold. Um, where just the, the way people say the punchline is like, and punchline! And it's just, nah. uh Young Frankenstein, I think, every time they tell a joke... It,
1: it, it just lands. The delivery
0: is perfect. The landing is, they stick the landing so well. The
1: timing of, it's just.
0: Yeah. So, prime, so Prime,
1: prime comedy. I don't know how I didn't see it until 2022.
0: I mean, I've met your family.
1: That's true. <laughs>
0: um, I, I, I honestly, this feels like the sort of movie that any member of your family would have seen a poster and been like, I'm out.
1: And That's a scary movie. If they That's hit, a monster movie. Yeah.
0: And if by some miracle they hit play, it would have come up in black and white and they would have been like, I'm out.
1: I wonder if anyone in my family has seen this movie. Yeah. Sometimes my parents are like I wonder, surprising and This is seen true. Stuff. I have
0: been shocked on multiple occasions by the random off the wall, bizarrely obscure movies that random members of your family have seen. Um I would be interested if any of them have I seen I clearly this.
1: did not grow up in a movie family.
0: Yeah. Um, I would also be very interested if anyone in your family has ever seen a Mel Brooks movie. Yeah. If they have, I would assume it's Spaceballs.
1: I've seen Spaceballs, but... Have you? Okay. I feel like I'm the only one in my family that's seen it.
0: Yeah. Um. How many members of your family, outside of you... And at this point, obviously, Melanie have seen Star Wars movies, like because yeah, Rachel. I think seen Nicole one.
1: has watched a couple. Okay. I think Rachel's seen one.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's that's My one of those parents, things.
1: My parents, I think, saw Episode Four in the theaters.
0: Yeah, that annoys
1: me. But I don't know that they saw any subsequent ones.
0: Yeah. Because that's, that's one of those things. Marvel, Again,
1: Larry, if you're listening, plug your ears for that right? so that I'm not disowned from the Ross family.
0: Um, I feel like those are such big deal movies. I would just see them just for the pure like FOMO, fear of missing out. Um, there are so many movies like that that I'm like, uh, I want to see it just because everyone has seen it. Mm -hmm. and you know with with a lot of things like that it has um a good enough like cult following or fan base that it's like billions of people say it's great uh it took me a really long time to finally see spirited away
1: same we watched it together yeah
0: i don't understand the hype with it um but i am glad that i finally have seen it so that now when i see a shirt or something or a piece of artwork referencing that i can at least be like that guy is from Spirited Away, and I know the role he plays in the story. Um, yeah, with with so many classics, I feel like you grew up in a household that was just like, I, nope, unless I know what it's about and that interests me, I'm out.
1: We just watched a lot of chick flicks. Because yeah. there were a lot of girls in my house.
0: Which, yeah, on, on the line of chick flicks, I really, really want to see The Notebook. Just because it's a notable chick flick.
1: I'm not a big fan of The Notebook.
0: I know. And which...
1: Which I'm going to get a lot of hate for on that one. Yeah. But it is not... I don't think it's very good. Really? But we can watch it. Okay. Uh,
0: I mean, I couldn't always watch it without you. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, this movie, it's always such a good movie to revisit. Um, It
1: holds up super well. It holds
0: up so well. Yeah. And I I think um, there's that great way of like, it's black and white, but once it gets going, it...
1: It's not distractingly black and white.
0: Yeah. um,
1: Because I feel like a lot of those older movies, like, I can't get into them because they're black and white, because I can't, like, distinguish who's who and what's going on. But this one, I did not have that problem with.
0: Yeah, and I think there are a few things to that. I think uh, the fact that so many of the characters on screen are recognizable actors and actresses, Mm -hmm. so that there is sort of that, like, oh, it's black and white, so they kind of all have, it's difficult to recognize people and stuff. Instead, it's like, oh, that's just a black and white image of Gene Wilder Wilder, or or Floris Leachman. Yeah, or or, uh, Eunice from What's Up, Doc. Um, So I think that helps. Um, I think that...
1: Maybe it's the nostalgia factor because I loved Willy Wonka. Maybe. Maybe that plays into it.
0: Um, I'm a sucker for nostalgia. I think that, like, the story tempo matches 70s story tempos. Mm Mm-hmm. Whereas you rewatch, like, Frankenstein from the 30s, and that plays out differently like it
1: this is very true
0: um the different requirements on filmmakers to like captivate your audience and keep them interested have have really changed over the years um and even and and we've talked about this with like other horror films and stuff like the stuff that would scare people back in the 30s and then back in the 70s and 80s and now today vastly different
1: so different Yeah.
0: um if, if you were to take um you know the original nightmare on elm street or something like that and show that to someone in the 30s
1: they'd have a conniption they would they would be they would so lose terrified their
0: mind if you were to take uh saw
1: back to the
0: 30s they would set themselves on fire
1: witchcraft
0: well, is what yeah, it would be they, oh my gosh you show them paranormal activity they'd probably be like they
1: would run screaming
0: yeah um you show them something like blair witch project they'd be like i don't understand how are they holding a camera Fuck a hell. camera is like a 75 pound object that has to be mounted on something like no in the future like you can hold in the future the camera they're using in this is actually a very very large camera because it requires two hands yeah <laughs>
1: um not spoiler alert but i hate blair witch while simultaneously loving it
0: yeah if you've already listened to our Blair Witch episode she uh clearly hated it not quite on the same level that she hated She-Hulk but she hated Blair Witch true um
1: I have feelings it's fine
0: she has strong feelings
1: but my feelings towards young Frankenstein
0: she liked that Are great yeah
1: Frankenstein
0: Frankenstein yeah um Yeah, the the, uh, guy in the classroom that uh, gets his name wrong at the very beginning, uh, I thought I recognized him from one thing, and then I think I recognized him from another, but, yeah, now that I'm uh, checking back through his stuff, I don't think I did recognize him from anything, but I could have sworn that was the actor of uh, Harold from an old movie called Harold and Maude, and it was not him. I've heard of that. Yeah.
1: The Um, one thing that does make me sad... Is that most of the main actors from this movie have now passed away? Yeah, we like almost all of them. I think the only one that's still alive is uh, Terry Gar, who played Inga.
0: Yeah, Rollins the hay, Rollins the hay.
1: But everyone else has sadly passed on.
0: Yeah. But um, it just
1: makes you love them even more. Yeah. Because you get to see all these faces that you loved for so long. So definitely watch it.
0: Yeah. Highly Enjoy recommend it. Enjoy it. Um,
1: Maybe watch it every October. Make yeah. this an annual thing.
0: Yeah. Um, one scene that uh, I, I really, really love. It's one of my favorites. But I don't think I would have liked it nearly as much if I hadn't seen the original. Um, is his interaction with the little girl? Um,
1: oh yeah, you explained that one to me. Yeah, that
0: was that was the one time when I paused the movie and I was like, okay, this scene, I don't even know if it'll still be funny unless you know what it's referencing. But yeah, so uh, in the original, there's a little girl. Uh, Frankenstein's monster comes comes across her. She's throwing flowers into the water, and the flowers are they float and flowers are beautiful and yada 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 and you can kind of tell that uh frankenstein's monster finds this little girl beautiful and so he throws her into the water once they're all out of flowers and she drowns and everyone thinks the monster is evil and and terrible and needs to be killed because he killed this little girl but they don't understand that it was it was an honest accident in this movie uh they throw all the flowers and she's like oh we're all out of flowers what should we throw now and he just kind of like looks at the camera in like this i have an idea sort of way and that's funny but then they instead go and do the seesaw and as soon as he sits down he just slowly looks up as she's flown over him and she perfectly sails through the window of her bedroom hits the bed and but to... like her
1: parents are freaking out yeah while this is happening because they're like they had just boarded up their house or something. Yeah, because they know there's a monster loose. They, neither of them bothered to check where their daughter was, so they're freaking out that they just sealed their daughter outside of the house with this monster on the loose. Yeah, they've
0: been looking for her. And so she sails through the window and lands in her bed right as her parents open the door and see her laying in bed. And they just, like, have a sigh of relief, and they hug each other. And... Upon re-watching it this time, I don't think it ever comes right out and says it, but I always assumed when she sails through the window and hits her bed, just the impact of that, she's dead.
1: You assume she was dead?
0: So I assume her parents come in, see the corpse of their daughter, and go, oh, thank goodness, <laughs> because they think she's asleep. Rewatching watching it? I feel like it's much more likely.
1: That is not what I thought at all about that. I feel like in Mel
0: (laughs) Brooks' mind, she's either knocked out or... Because you can see
1: her just, like, laying in bed pretending to be asleep. You can, like, see her smiling and breathing.
0: Okay, maybe, yeah. (laughs) In my head, just the... All of the different, like, the... uh, I mean, if it was
1: realistic, it definitely would have hurt her. Because she went face first into her headboard.
0: Yeah. If nothing else,
1: yeah. If nothing else, she is
0: stone cold knocked out. And her parents see that. They're their newly brain damaged child. Um or yeah, getting knocked out damages the brain.
1: Sure, why not? We're brain damaged, right? yeah, we're, so. yeah, we're we're sure. brain scientists.
0: I think those are called doctors. That's I a think. thing. Um but uh yeah so um this this young girl with a, a brand new head injury. And they're like, oh, thank goodness. Little do they know she's just been knocked out. But yeah, in my mind, it was always, she's dead. <laughs> and I thought that was hilarious. Um, so, yeah, maybe when you get around to watching it,
1: imagine she's
0: dead. Maybe
1: It'll don't, help.
0: actually. You'll think it's funnier maybe if she's Maybe just dead. imagine
1: that she's like, sleeping peacefully yeah. after this gentle monster launched her through her bedroom window
0: yeah that's my new mantra when in doubt imagine the girl is dead uh um, please don't
1: yeah no only during spooky what is it real couple real, real couple, spooky october thon okay i got it right that time imagine
0: dead girls during the real couple's real spooky october thon Yeah. That's our new mantra. Buy a shirt.
1: <laughs> no, we won't put that on a shirt.
0: We won't put that on a shirt. That's way too many words. It's way too much of an inside joke. No one will get it, and you'll be judged. We're not gonna make you a shirt.
1: <laughs> but maybe someday we'll get some real couple merch. Yeah. Maybe.
0: Yeah. And it'll say buy a t-shirt, buy real a sweatshirt. All girls are alive
1: yeah that's a that's a great tagline yep for our movie review podcast yeah
0: and you'll be like oh yeah it's a callback to that one time when they didn't think that and then you'll tell all your friends because they'll be like what is that even referencing and you'll be like here's the reference and they'll be like i don't get it and you'll be like it's a terrible shirt but it's the only one they offer i'm just kidding our
1: selection will be limited when we first launch our merch
0: yeah yeah um (laughs) so yeah hey guys thanks for listening sorry did you have anything else you wanted to say about young frankenstein um
1: so the actor who plays the monster yes also plays the grandpa in everybody loves raymond this is true and i just thought he was so adorable as frankenstein's monster yeah um and just really love that again, the nostalgia for me mm-hmm. will just always land,
0: yeah, um, one thing that I did say because going into this scene, uh, like the first time I saw it, I was so acutely aware of the song that they sang um uh, like i had i had heard heard it referenced in so many different places the uh why don't you go where fashion sits? and so when it happened i was like yeah that's hilarious especially in context but it was not a surprise to me you had never to my knowledge you'd never heard this version of putting on the ritz right
1: correct that's why i asked you while we were watching Mm -hmm. it if you had heard the actual version of putting on the ritz yeah because growing up as a dancer there were always way too many tap groups yeah tap is crap that um danced man, to that you have song. There's so many
0: fiery opinions. Like
1: I grew up a clogger, okay? Okay. That's it. A- just
0: like the the I feel like for the audience where they're like, Oh man, she hated She-Hulk. Okay, I guess I could kind of see that. Oh, she really didn't like Blair Witch Project. Okay, yeah, because it's so scary, yeah. And then all of a sudden you're just like flying off the handle with yet another fiery opinion, and they're like, Oh, what else does she hate? Tap dancing. Huh.
1: Okay, when you grow up as a competitive clogger, yeah,
0: it, which it makes sense. Doesn't
1: make me sound cool, and I get that. It really doesn't. But anyway, I, mean, I have
0: no room to, to I judge. knew growing up I I was in the robotics club. That wasn't even to impress anyone, but I didn't want to be there. Uh, <laughs> but yeah.
1: Moral of the story. Dallas and Paige were nerds. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And we continue to be nerdy and talk about movies. Two
0: very different flavors of
1: nerds. Yes, but somehow we work. Yeah. And we bring you the real couple, and we talk about movies. Yeah. And Um,
0: oh yeah, but uh, so my question about putting on the Ritz.
1: I had never heard the Young Frankenstein version. You've
0: never heard it. Did you find it funny?
1: Oh, I thought it was hilarious. Okay. Okay. Because I knew what he was trying to say. Yeah. I can only imagine you, like, because you said you didn't hadn't heard. The actual version of the song before you saw Young Frankenstein.
0: But every, like, uh, something that, I I feel like it's such like a 90s, not even 90s, like early 2000s thing, was like, if you found something on the internet you liked, you downloaded it. And then you just had it on your computer. And so there were things that, like, um, just sound files, quotes from movies. My dad would just download quotes from movies. And I would go through and listen to it. Yeah. Um, and so there were so many, and to this day, there are still times where, um, I will watch a movie for the first time and it'll say a certain line. And I'm like, oh shit, that's from something.
1: My dad's computer in the early 2000s. Um,
0: but, uh, yeah. So the, um, there was, there was one sound file and I literally like on probably a daily basis, I would just go through this folder just listen to each sound file and just be like cool i don't know what any of this means like there were some that i knew that like um
1: what a weird child you were thank you
0: that's what i was just thinking (laughs) and that's why i started this episode i was like by the end i just really want the audience to know i was a
1: and i thought i was weird being a clogger
0: you were yeah you were I at least was like...
1: I judge your weirdness.
0: I know. You constantly do. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, like, I would I would open this sound file that was titled Putting on the Ritz. So, clearly, if it's not said during the quote, but then there's this long, loud moan, I was probably aiming for Putting on the Ritz. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it's so funny whenever I, like, Rewatch like um uh get away from her you bitch, at the end of Aliens. Yeah, I knew that line, like that was an iconic piece of sound for me. Did Long you know before... it
1: was from Aliens, or did you just hear it on your dad's computer?
0: Um, ooh, that's a good question. I think uh it was probably like I heard the sound file several times, and then I started seeing that clip oh, in okay. places. And then I finally saw the movie, because yeah, I I finally saw Aliens for the first time on the big screen. Uh, I was, I think, in middle school. I may have been early high school, but uh, I still hadn't seen Aliens yet. And my dad found out about a um, a screening of it. Uh, from what I understand, it was on one of the screens that they used to um, uh, screen Oscar uh contenders. Hmm. So that like when uh the Oscar the people who vote the the Academy um when they watch those movies that are being considered, they go to this screen and they get to watch it on the big screen. Um and so yeah they were doing this event and they screened the original aliens film and then there was like a Q&A afterwards with like the special effects guys and stuff. Um that night I was able to meet Newt and stuff like it was so cool but because of that i'm this like 14 year old kid in a room filled to the brim with people who have seen this tons of times and i'm straight up like screaming at some of the jump scares and they're like what the hell how is this still taking you by surprise i'm like i haven't seen this i know this is like the most fan-based way of seeing it for the first time but um yeah it was so funny but uh yeah i i I know on that night when those doors opened and like the and it pans up and you see ripley i knew what she was about to say um and it was not a oh that's from this it was like here's the moment where she says get away from her you bitch now seeing it fully in context and like where's the alien queen where's newt how long has newt been on her own by the time all that stuff was was probably relatively new to me but yeah i was I was well aware of that um but yeah so i've it it, it is crazy looking back at my childhood and like how young I was when I just idolized everything about movies I just i wanted it was just movies built
1: into your in DNA. My life
0: always um i have you have you heard the term Gindindin fight? No. You've never heard of the Gindindin fight? No. Okay. So, back in, uh, I would assume this is like late-ish 90s. It has to be late 90s. Of course it is. Like, at this point, honestly, probably mid-90s. Um, my family had a Laserdisc player. For anyone who doesn't know what a Laserdisc player is... Google it. Yeah. Um, luckily, that means that some of our audience is younger than us. But uh, it's like a four times the size of a DVD. And my dad had uh, The Seventh Voyage of Sinbad on Laserdisc. And that was like one of my all-time favorite movies. Not necessarily the whole entire film, but there's one moment towards the end where... Uh, like the, the sorcerer guy brings a skeleton to life and Sinbad has to fight this skeleton. And I loved that one scene and I would just refer to it as the skeleton fight, but I could not yet pronounce the word skeleton. So that was the Gindindin fight.
1: Oh.
0: Yeah. Um, so if I, I w- was
1: thinking you were referencing like an actual thing, like the... Well, the wilhelm scream
0: oh okay. or yeah, yeah, yeah. something
1: yeah. i was like i've never heard of this okay it, it's, it's just something from you
0: yeah like when i say yaya you know i'm referencing ariel uh-huh. because that's what i used to call my older sister ariel was yaya so
1: words if, were hard for dallas as it, a kid
0: yeah words are hard for all kids that's part of being a kid um <laughs> fun fact uh yeah just in case we have any audience members that are like dude my kid is a idiot he can't even talk yet. And it's like, well, he's six months old. Like we just want to let our audience know if you have a child and they're not talking perfectly yet, that is to be expected actually from children. Um, Quick little PSA. Um, But yeah, that's like, if you say the term "Gindenden fight to any member of my family, they would know like, Oh, that's that one scene that Dallas was obsessed with as a kid. Um,
1: Interesting. You've heard
0: the uh, uh, Buh-Lau-Kum story. Yeah, that's another. Um, I wasn't talking very well yet and I... um, There's a whole backstory on why Buh was referred to as Buh and then Lau-Kum. It's because the TV was turned up too loud and you need to come and help me. Um, And yeah, that is yet another instance of as a child I was obsessed with with watching things and yeah so um with the gindindin fight like i couldn't talk yet i couldn't say skeleton but not only did i know that i loved this scene i knew how to control a laserdisc player just enough to get me to that one scene like i didn't need my parents help to get to the gindindin fight like I was, I've always been so enthralled.
1: And by this filmmaking. is why we have a podcast.
0: Yeah, it, this is literally just the cheapest way. Somebody give him I a job, job in this industry. industry. Oh my gosh! Please and thank you. Um,
1: but anyways, we digressed from Young Frankenstein. Yeah, we haven't. It's talked a quite- great movie. <laughs> yeah, it's great. You should, you should watch, watch it, it. and mm-hmm. you should keep listening to the real couple because. We're going to keep putting out episodes. We're
0: going to keep doing this, whether you like it or not. we're nerds,
1: and maybe somebody cares what we think about movies.
0: Yeah. Um, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Um, If you're digging this, but you're like, man, I wish they would talk about my favorite movie, which is blank. Slide into our DMs and let us know what we need to uh, talk about. Um, We have an Instagram. It is the.real.couple um we
1: so far that's it for so far, social media
0: i was getting ready to I list have
1: stuff. a full-time job yeah and i don't have the bandwidth to do all of these things
0: yeah
1: um, um but maybe someday
0: maybe someday yeah uh and and that is something that I've, I've really dug about this is just like the the different ways we've been able to grow and develop um So, um, if there is anything that, um, you're wanting from our show, um, let us know. Um, oh, before we wrap up real quick, one last thing. Um, just a little, uh, thing that I came up with earlier today, because in this day and age with so many people, uh, becoming TikTok stars and, uh, just, claiming fame on the social media um we have instances like uh what's her name on tiktok elise myers Mm -hmm. who just mentioned that she used to have a a crush on lance bass and now they're besties in real life if this show takes off who's the celebrity you want to start hanging with like if if so and so listens to real couple and they're like dude i would love to come and like be a guest star or just
1: hang Oh, my gosh. I don't right? even know. <sighs> Anyone from Gilmore Girls.
0: Anyone from Gilmore Girls. Okay.
1: Lauren yeah. Graham, Alexis Bledel, Melissa McCarthy.
0: You don't want to save any of these for the next episode the next time we do this bit?
1: Oh, is this a bit now?
0: Sure. Okay. Do you want this to be a bit?
1: Sure. Why the not? Audience,
0: do you want this to be a bit? Because for my first one, I think I'm probably going to go Maggie Smith.
1: Oh, of course you are.
0: She's oh uh, gorgeous.
1: If Dallas were to ever leave me for a wo- another woman, it would only be for Hillary Duff or Maggie Smith. Oh
0: my gosh, yeah,
1: that H- is his Hillary list. Duff, period. Like,
0: happily married with kids and stuff. I, I don't know if Maggie Smith better be married, honestly. Like, if no man, she's a gem, has, right? Yeah, um, just just a beautiful, beautiful lady. If she'd have me, oh my gosh, I'm yours. Um,
1: I would step aside for Maggie Smith. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. So charitable. Right. I'm um, a good wife. Yeah.
1: Remember that. Okay. If Maggie Smith ever I'll put it comes on my to, to hang out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. Um, so um,
1: Maggie Smith and Lauren Graham. If either of you ever listen to this, yeah, we love you. We yeah. want to hang out with you.
0: We want to hang. Slide into our DMs, please. Please <laughs> slide into my DMs, Maggie Smith.
1: Uh, but keep listening because we love you guys and yeah, we love this and it's love, fun. We love you so much.
0: Um, and yeah, let us know. What we should talk about next time. Because, um, yeah, we are getting close to the end of October. So, we are. what are we going to talk about after our real couple of real spooky Octoberthon? Um, we're not going to talk about Thanksgiving movies. Are there any are Thanksgiving there? movies? I don't know. I don't know.
1: I don't, we'll figure it out.
0: There's a Thanksgiving episode of Rick and Morty.
1: Yeah. But that was confusing. There's some good Thanksgiving episode of Friends. Which, you hate Friends, so we're not even going to go there. But, don't worry. We will bring you more real couple
0: yeah um, probably
1: not thanksgiving themed yeah
0: we may just we may just uh let the spook spooky season bleed over into november we may get started on christmas movies early i don't know but yeah
1: we'll see stay yeah. tuned
0: um so yeah we love you guys and take care and happy holidays um it's weird whenever people, whenever people say happy holidays they're only ever referring to christmas but october is just as much a holiday as christmas is but they never say happy holidays referring to halloween
1: well now you did so you write yeah. it wrong
0: no one's ever been like happy holidays on july 3rd because fourth of july is the next day fourth of july is still a holiday so weird anyways i digress um th- that's the end bye, bye.